our DAF today at Sadi Dalid is just fantastical. It, it's it's full of the most mystical and Kabbalistic ideas, measuring the size of the earth and the universe and, and the Garden of Eden, Gan Eden. It's, it's just quite amazing. And as always, uh, buried in all those wonderful words is a matmon, is a hidden treasure that can teach us so much. Uh, there's quite a surprising comment by Rabbi Yudha Anasi, the editor of the Mishnah, one of the great authorities of, of, of all times, who makes a concession to the academic scientists of, of his time. Uh, the Gemara says on Tzadid Aladam with Betan Rabban, we learned in Abraise, Chachmei Yisrael Omrim Galgal Kavua Umazalot Chuzrim. The, the, the Jewish uh, academics, the Jewish wise people, believe that the... Um, the, the whole solar, the whole system of, of the stars is fixed in the sky, and it's just the constellations that move uh, across the sky. And the um, non-Jewish academic world believes that it's the whole thing is moving, or in, in our sense, whether it's the world that's moving around them or they're moving, but the movement is the whole sky. All the stars are moving. And the constellations are fixed. They're not moving in any kind of separate pace from everything else. Uh, and then there's another difference between the wise people of Israel and the academic world. In the daytime, the sun traverses the, the sky, and in the nighttime it goes above the sky, which is where we can't see it. But the non-Jewish academic world believed, in the daytime, yes, the sun does go under the sky so that we can we can watch it and see it. And at night it goes under the earth, which is, as we know today is, is absolutely accurate. Ama Rebi, and Rebi says, uh, it appears that, that they are right. They are more accurate than, than we are. And that causes a lot of consternation among the Rishonim and the Achronim. Uh, the Rabbi Akiva Eger in the Gilayon Shas on the side brings Ashita Mukubetzit, the name of Rabbi Nutam, uh, that says all that Re Rebbe is agreeing to is that their logic, their proofs are better than ours, but not the, the actual facts, not what he's conceding to, because there's a lot of Kabbalistic meaning in what, in what Rebbe says, and he's not changing his mind about that. Um, but it's quite clear from Rabbeinu Bechaya in Bereshit chapter 1, Periki, Aleph, Posuk, Yudalad, where Rabbeinu Bechaya clearly holds that Rabbi Yehuda is conceding and acknowledging that the non-Jewish, secular, scientific world has it right and we had it wrong. Uh, and he says it's quite clear as you study Bereshit, that these heavenly bodies, these, these celestial bodies, the stars, are all fixed in their places from the time of Breshit. That means they don't move. It's the earth that is moving, and they remain stationary. And in our Gemara, in Psachim, that's what the Jewish wise people conceded to the wisdom, to the wise people of the, uh, of the other nations. And here it's important to understand the difference between Torah and Chochmah. We 
I talked to Annie yesterday about the fact that there is empirical information and knowledge which develops over the years as science gets better at observing and measuring. So we get more information and we get more knowledge. And then there's truth with a capital T. There's, there's, there's truth which is emet, the, the truth given to us in the Torah, the truth handed down to us uh, from Mount Sinai to, to today. And it's very important to understand which of those we're dealing with and what Rebbe, this conversation about whether the sun goes around, whether the, sun, whether the stars are moving or the earth is moving, this conversation is about scientific fact. It's about observable reality, and it just depends how good we are at being able to understand how the universe operates. But there's not a discussion here about some serious Torah principle that's been handed down from uh, God to Moshe on Sinai and, and from Moshe to all of us. And that difference between Torah and Chochmah is so crucial to everything that we do is explained in two pieces of Maharal that, we, that we'll learn together. The one is Der Chaim, which is the Maharal's um, explanation, his, his parish on Pirkei Avot in chapter 4, Mishnah Yudalad. And he says that, that although Mazal can influence, Mazal means the luck, the way you're born, your DNA, can, can give you a greater tendency to wisdom, to knowledge. But Mikol Makom En HaTorah Tachat HaMazal Torah is not influenced by mazal, by, by, by good fortune, by luck. Sheitein hamazal elav Torah legamri tetavua achrav. V'od dehatam demachkim ha'inu sheyechacham b'chol sh'ara chokhmah. Furthermore, when it says in, in the Gemara in Shabbos, Tavkufnun Vav, that um, mazal causes one to be intelligent, gives one brightness, one's born with a certain IQ or a capacity for IQ, explains the Maharal, that's for other wisdom, for, for the ability to reason, to, to gain knowledge, to understand things. But the Torah is much more than wisdom, much more than knowledge, much more than information. Because anything intellectual, anything that one can think about is, is called Chochmah, it's called wisdom. But the Torah of Moshe, that is divine. And those words are key to understand the difference between Torah and Chochmah. Wisdom is understanding the accumulated knowledge of, of, of humanity. But Torah is Torah Moshe. When we're learning Torah, we've got to know that this is the Torah that Moshe received on Sinai and handed down to us. If that piece is missing, then what we're learning is not Torah. One could go to an academic institution, to a university, and study Talmud and study, study Torah. But if it's studied from a perspective of, of secular information, without the Kedushat Torah, without the sanctity of the Torah, and the understanding, the Torah he elokit, that it is divine, that it's godly. If we don't approach Torah with that, from that inner place, from that understanding that we're approaching something divine, then what we're studying is not Torah, it's academics. And that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not Torah. When we're studying Torah, that certainly is a way above uh, normal wisdom and is not affected by mazal. The, the, the way you're born and your DNA is not going to impact that or affect that. And the Maral again in, in Tiferet Israel in Perik Tet, writes the following, Because although in Torah there is wisdom, of course, uh, th th this wisdom uh, which is in the Torah is not just 
analytical wisdom similar to that wisdom that you would gain from studying philosophy or, or, or mathematics or physics. The wisdom in the Torah. What the Torah's wisdom is, is a guide. It teaches you a way of life to enable a human being to be successful in the ultimate. He hadvekut boyizbarach. It teaches you the Torah teaches you how to build intimate connection with Hashem. That's what Torah is about. And if that's not the underlying foundation of your learning, then it is just an academic pursuit. Then it is just secular knowledge, and it doesn't have the same effect. So that one's soul can be bound up intimately within in the bond of life with Hashem. And so that's why. Uh, the major says in Eicha, Torah bagoyim, Chochma bagoyim tamin, Torah bagoyim al tamin. If you're told that the non-Jewish secular uh, academic world has wisdom, tamin, of course they do. They have amazing wisdom, and we need to have access to that wisdom. But Torah bagoyim, if you're told that the non-Jewish secular academic world understands Torah, that isn't possible because the essential component of Torah is something which the academic world rejects, which is the divine origin of the Torah and and the uh, fact that the Torah has been passed down generation by generation from um, from Moshe all the way down to us. So when Rabbi, when Rabbi Yudha Nasi says they're actually they're right, we're uh, they're more correct than we are. He's talking about in the area of Chochmah. We're talking about empirical facts. Um, they, they've taken it further, they're right, they've got the information, they've got the knowledge, and we must accept it from him. As the Rambam says in the fourth parik of, of Hilchot Dayot, where he gives all the medical advice uh, and, and assures that if one lives according to that, one will live a healthy life. Uh, and by the way, a really important element of that is, is exercise. But at the end of it, the Rambam says that uh, this is if you don't have a doctor advising you, and you should always live in a place where there are good physicians. Because clearly we need to be guided by the medicine of the time. If we're dealing with Chochmah, we're dealing with wisdom. I remember a long time ago, Meir Soloveitchik telling me that there is a, 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 a brisket tradition among the Soloveitchiks that they eat two eggs a day. At that time, science was saying we shouldn't be eating eggs. If you remember that period of time, uh, that you shouldn't be eating eggs, certainly not terribly often. And if you do eat eggs, it should only be the white, not the yellow. Today it's different. Today science is telling us eggs are amazing and you must eat them and you must eat the eggs, the white and the yellow. But at that time, science was saying no. And I said to him, aren't you worried? You're eating two eggs a day. Isn't that too much? And he said, this is a tradition that came down to us from the Briskarov and Chaim Soloveitchik all the way back to the Vilnagon. And the, and the Vilnagon would not have passed down a tradition that wasn't healthy. In other words, what Reb Meir was saying to me was, this is not Chochmah, this is not something we've worked out scientifically. This is something that has been handed down towards throughout the generations. And Masoira, when it comes to Masoira, when it comes to that level of tradition, we don't have to consult Chochmah, the secular wisdom. We're completely fine with what we have. But if what we're dealing with is not secular wisdom, if what, we, if, we, if what we're dealing with is not Misurah, it's not handed down through the generations, it's something that's worked out from observation and measurement, then of course we've got to follow the science of the day. We've got to follow the physicians of the day. We've got to f- follow the physicists and the botanists and the chemists of the day um, because that's their area of speciality and that's, and that's their wisdom. Even Rebbe was not arrogant enough to suggest that we've got all the answers and that even in the area of Chochmah, in the area of wisdom, uh, we don't need to 
learn and accept from the from the secular world. However, when it comes to Torah, when we when we approach Torah as a body of wisdom designed to teach us how to live in a way that connects us intimately with Hashem, and we approach it as Torah Moshe, which is Elokit, as a divine Torah, which has been handed down through the generations to us by Moshe, that, that's Torah. So again, very important that we have clear in our mind when we're debating something, when we're working on something. This gives us the, the language and the framework with which to deal with it. Is this Mesorah or is this science? If we're dealing with science, we've got to follow the, the scientists. If this is Mesorah and it's part of Torah, let's check. Where does the Mesorah come from? How authentic is it? Are we sure that the, the Mesorah is, is valid and, and authentic? If it is, that's fine. Then we follow the Mesorah. But to have these two bodies of knowledge clearly differentiated in our mind, um, Torah as opposed to Chochmah, uh, wisdom, knowledge, which is the area of anybody who applies themselves to that to, to that area of Chochmah, and Torah, which is uh, an area available to people who have a Mesorah, uh, to whom it's been handed down generation to generation from Moshe on Sinai.